All right, it's bourbonblog.com. A real pleasure to uh, be welcoming to the show James Murr. What's happening, Murr? What's going on? Hi, Tom. How are you? Hey, man, it's good to see you. I was just telling you before we began, I interviewed you about 10 years ago when you guys first started this. And um, this is, uh, you have, you all have just grown the show. You've grown the comedy, live comedy stand-up. You've just grown so much the last decade or so. Well we've done. grown, we've grown larger. We've grown older. We've uh, grown less hair than 10 years ago. So yeah. yeah, you've seen us, you literally see us grow up on TV. But wait, but wait a minute. One season, you, they actually actually added some hair to you, didn't they? Yeah, this hair. It's uh, oh, you have they, it near you. Yeah, they shaved off Q's real hair and they made it into a wig. And for right, an I entire an entire year, I had to wear his disgusting hair on my head, right. and I wasn't allowed to shower uh, to sh you know shampoo it or anything. So it's like this it. ratty nest. Yeah. Oh, look. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, feel free to wear it. I mean, for as long as you want. Uh, it, <laughs> looked, it looks good on you. Thank uh, you. You're doing, you're doing so many great things, and you're going to be, uh, I'll just say from the beginning, this weekend, you're going to be, I'm in Virginia right now, by the way, and I have a little Virginia whiskey behind me. You know what? You know what's funny is, I, I'm, I'm not the comedian you are, but what's really funny is, I'm interviewing you. I have full bottles of whiskey behind me. I feel like I need to just make them not full and pour one. I think you're right. I, I mean, a bottle is meant to be drank, drunk, it is. drinked. Well, hey, you know, it all depends on the day. Uh, I'm pouring a little bit of uh, Virginia Distilling Company's um, VHW. It's uh, a blend of some scotch whiskey and some Virginia whiskey. Looks good. I like the bottle. Oh, man, it's delicious stuff. And I also have a little Copper Fox. They're from Williamsburg. I'm going to try a few while we're talking, but back to your, your show. Yeah. In West Virginia, Louisville, Knoxville, where are you going to be this week? Uh, Friday night, uh, October 20th, I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, which I've spent so much time in Knoxville over the years because you may not know this, but we, we actually make impractical jokers out of Knoxville. Really? That's what, yeah. The company that makes jokers that I've worked for, for many years is called North South productions. North is New York. South is Knoxville, Tennessee. So all, every single episode of impractical jokers over the past 13 years the uh, online of the edit happens in Knoxville, and that's where they do all the color correction, the mastering, the episodes. So I'm very excited to come back to town. I've been there a hundred times in the past 13 years. So and uh, yeah, they're doing it all there. I mean, it's obviously uh -huh. filmed all over, but they're it, that's it's like it's it's proudly made in Knoxville because there's no income tax, and that's <laughs> that's so not a bad it makes deal. financial sense. It makes financial sense to finish the show there. So uh, yeah, I'm in uh, Friday night I'm in Knoxville, Saturday night in Louisville, and Sunday night I'm in uh, Charleston, West Virginia. You're going all over. Uh, that's 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 incredibly going to be so fun all across. Uh, what can what can people be looking forward? Your fans seeing at the show? Uh, it's like uh, my stand-up comedy show is like seeing Impractical Jokers live. Like it, it's. I tell stories from our lives, from uh, the TV show, from my own personal life, traditional stand-up. I shot hidden camera challenges just for the live show that you can't see anywhere else. And the coolest part of my live show is that we actually play Impractical Jokers live at the end of the show, meaning I choose someone from the crowd, put an earpiece in their ear, I send them out into the streets of Knoxville, Louisville, or Charleston, and we watch on screen in the theater as live on the spot, they've got to do and say what I tell them to in public. It's like watching the show happen right for your eyes. And this is just a, they're not a trained actor. It's a regular person. That's, it's, 
it's it's all improv, man. The whole second half of the show is just I'm creating on the spot. It's wildly outrageous. What has been? Uh, give us an example of one of the challenges you've given somebody. Maybe something that's been you know when you've done it live like this, when you've sent a real person into the the wilds. What what's what's happened? Give us a. Uh, I mean, you know, I had a I had a a guy go into a, a bar nearby, and uh, he was brave. He stood up on the the bar, uh, you know, the 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 bar, and took his shirt off and started getting everybody chanted the bar Spring Break '98. He did it. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, the and good old days, Spring Break '98. Spring man. Break '98, and and I bet people loved that. Hopefully, he got some free drinks bought. The whole bar was cheering and chanting with him, as if that they <laughs> wished it was still Spring Break '98. <laughs> you all, I tell you, I, I've noticed the last few seasons you've had, you know, and you always have had uh, some celebrity guests uh, here and there, right? You're sending maybe a few more guests. Uh, in your place because is is part of the reason why it's why you're doing a little more of this is have you guys been noticed more and more and recognized over the years yeah but i mean that's a good thing that means that yeah. the show is popular if yeah. no one recognized this it would mean the show sucks you know that would, so, and that would suck yeah yeah and i'd be out of a job but yeah it's uh it's definitely more uh, difficult to make the show but that's the challenge for us that's that's why we keep changing and evolving how we make the show is there are there any like things that you're doing behind the scenes to make sure that maybe you're not a, you know obviously it's it's become a huge show so many people love it and and well done to you all for for making it that but are are there ways that you try to position it to where hey this you know if if we're there in person with them maybe they won't recognize us I, I tell you what we get away with so much still to this day right. because honestly you remember you're only seeing one of us at a time. You're not see, and we're right. usually in some kind of. I'm wearing Q's hair. I've got a baseball hat on, uh, or or uh, I, I'm working with a, a uniform on in a certain uh, business or what have you. And you might think I look familiar, but your brain doesn't jump to impractical jokers. It's out of context. It's your own life that you're living. You, you, never in a million years you think you know. And and we're also watching you five minutes before we ever interact with you. There's 20 different hidden cameras honed in on you walking across the food court in the mall long before you ever get near where we're filming, you know? So like if there's even a slightest moment of recognition in your eyes, even from a hundred yards away, when you spot Sal, we've, there's 50 crew members watching those monitors. Right. You're never going to get it past us. We spot you a mile away. You know what you're, you're really, you're almost like spying on them in a, in a good way. You're spying on them. You're getting an idea. If they're like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's Murray. You're really studying them before you you go on to the. I, I tell you what, we still yeah. get uh, every few months. I'll get a, a message or come into our managers or what have you that another college uh, is teaching impractical jokers as part of the curriculum because, like, a lot of psychology classes teach the show and show right. the show as an example. And truly, I think the show is a really interesting uh, insight into human behavior, and right. and, and it really is, and and it's very um it evolves with the times too because it's been on so long and we shoot the tv show so fast that we can stay very up to date with uh cultural changes norms uh, uh jokes uh very uh topical jokes that still you know it, one day i'll go back and watch the show from the beginning just to see how not only we've changed but the fan base changed and culture has changed it really is an interesting cultural uh, uh examination 
It is. It is. What have you, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's so many things that you've personally learned since what you said, 2010s, when you first yep. started doing it. What do you think you've most learned about human behavior? Uh, I, I think uh, what's interesting to me is that people are generally good, you know, uh, and I think a lot of people doubt that, you know, people are what have you. But I think generally people are fundamentally good natured and and want to be good natured too. Right. And uh, I think we get away with a lot more than I when we first started filming the show, I, we were all terrified of everything. But now I have a much uh, more honed sense of what I can get away with, what I can do, how far we can push people. Right. And most people, like there's a punishment coming up next year. It hasn't even been, been on TV yet. It, it, we shot it already. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of the first episodes next year. Uh, I lose the episode and the guys made me uh, go to a, a white castle in the Bronx, uh, the drive-thru, right? And uh, and they made me pull up behind people in their cars to the drive-thru, but the guys control the horn secretly, right? They had a, a trigger and so I'm behind people in the drive-thru waiting to get up to order and the guys are just leaning on my horn, but I look like the jerk doing it. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get my ass handed to me. Like, uh, uh, you know, and sure enough, several people got out of their cars to confront me, but no one took a swing. And some people, even the most intimidating people in their cars, took it all in great stride. I think I think people are gen generally uh, more good-natured than you realize. They really are. And we want to, hey, and I want to, you know, especially as a whiskey and bourbon guy, I do believe that we're bringing people together. You know, you're bringing people together over comedy. We like bringing people together over whiskey. But has there ever been a time uh, where, and you know, we're all watching like on the edge, like, oh wow, well they get so mad that something will erupt. Have there been any things that have erupted? It's it only happened once. I've told the story before. It's only happened yeah. once. Of course, it, of course, it was against me, but I knew it was going to happen because <laughs> I know people's buttons. And the guys had me go up to this very large gentleman uh, in a store. He was shopping for jeans. They ran down like the biggest bra you've ever seen in your life, like a size Z bra, right? And they told me to go up to the guy and without saying a word. So they took away my only de defense, right? Uh, is my art of bullshittery, right? They said, go up to him without saying a word and hold the bra up to his chest. And when he asks you what the hell you're doing, tell him that he's about the same size as your wife and you want to see if this is the right size bra for her. Well, I, I said to the guys, I was like, guys, he's if I do that, he's going to pop. I can read his character. I know that he's a... Uh, a tough guy. He's a, right. a man's man kind of guy. It's like, if you go up there and push his buttons in terms of that, he's going to pop. And they said, Murray, you got to do it. I did it. And he popped and he took out his cell phone. He whacked me in the eye with his cell phone. I had a full black guy and he chased me around the store like a, like a scurrying little ferret, you know, but I knew it was going to happen. So, I, you know, and frankly, I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> it almost feels like sometimes when we're, when it cuts to break and we're watching one of you like try to decide, do I go that extra step or do I not? It almost feels like maybe there's sort of a, a test that you go through in your mind to decide, do I do it? Is is there a test that you each have that you as a group Well, I, I would say that there's limits, right? We're right. all gentlemen. We were raised to be gentlemen, raised to not uh, offend sure. people. You know, right. we went to an all boys Catholic high school. Right. Uh, and I also, we also have our own limits. Like, Right. I would never disrespect an elder, uh, a woman. I would never, it's just, these things are not in my DNA. So like we all get really nervous when we're told to, to do inappropriate things or off color things to people, because I also believe in like in personal liberties and freedoms, you know, don't, I don't, 
I'm not, I don't want to be involved in your life. You live your life however you want. I have no problem with it. Just don't right. hurt yourself or, uh, or others. You know what I mean? And otherwise live the life you want. So like anything that pushes those boundaries always makes me squirm, you know? No, and, and I get that. And I think that's something that's inspiring to see that your comedians, you like to press the envelope. But at the end of the day, these are some really good guys that we all feel like we've we've grown up with you. We feel like we, well, in, in some ways we have watching you for a decade that we know you. And um, I think as, you know, as I asked that, you know, looking back at how this whole thing happened, by the way, it, again, I thought when we started this, there's like, it was somebody that worked with you behind you. And I was like, that guy's standing awful still. That's Nicolas Cage behind you, isn't it? He, I, 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 as I mentioned, Tom, I like to add a little star power to these interviews. You know, uh, I, he's there just as my, you know, consigliere, if you will. And of course, in front of the camera that you can't really see is a, a little Ryan Reynolds, too. Ah, little Ryan. I just, yeah, I just got a little Ryan and a, and a, and a big Nick. <laughs> a big, oh, yeah. Well, it's always good. You know, science matters when it's a big Nick. Yeah, yeah. yeah you definitely want a big Nick. <laughs> you, you do. Well, I'm going to have another pour here because I had some whiskey behind me. I'm having a little uh, Copper Fox now because, again, we're talking about the shows. Not going to Virginia, but it's West Virginia, Louisville, where I spend a lot of time, and also Knoxville. I'm going to put this mm -hmm. link up. MurLive.com. Still some tickets remain. Uh, uh, I will be uh, in Virginia uh, later this year. I'll be uh, uh, my whole family lives there. I'll be performing live in December. I'm playing uh, Roanoke, Tyson's Virginia, so Ooh. like the DC, Tyson's Corner. Yeah. I'll be in Nor Norfolk. Uh, I think one other place. I'm all over the place in in Virginia in December. All over the place, and you all are though a lot of what you do on the uh, and again the tour schedule murlive.com. Uh, be be watching for that. Be getting your tickets. A lot of what you've done has been the last several years, uh, of course, in Manhattan and New York, but you all have taken it on the road a little bit. You've gone some places with uh, Impractical Jokers. Yeah, we, we, you know, we travel all over. We've done episodes in Hawaii, the UK. We did a cruise ship episode, a Miami episode, New Orleans, Texas. But keep in mind, Tom, I get paid the exact same amount of money whether I film the TV show one block from my house or 10,000 miles away. So if I could film an episode in my bedroom, I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember that episode. It's been a while where you were jumping on a bed with the uh, the gentleman that... Uh, You're going back to season one, my friend. Season wow. one, yeah. 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 You got that guy to jump on the bed and uh, that was... What was... I was trying to remember what happened there. Uh, I was trying to uh, look for a new roommate, uh, you know, and uh, he came in, applied. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to see the apartment. I showed him around the apartment. And then he was just a very excitable guy, and they told me to match his energy. So I started matching him, and he just kept building and building and building. And in that moment, I was like, I bet you I can get this guy to just start jumping on my couch with me. And he did. And he did. He just he, yeah. just, he just had a fun time with you. Take us back to what it looked like before you all started the show. You know, you guys are lifelong friends. Uh, what were, you know, growing up, uh, some of the very first pranks that you all ever played on people? When was it, and, and what inspired it? I mean, you know, we went to an all-boys Catholic high school together, so there was nothing to do in school other than prank your fellow classmen, you know, because you certainly weren't studying or learning the Beatitudes, you know. So right. so uh, I think the first prank I saw the guys pull, it was Gatto, Joe, Joe uh, as Miss uh, Fiducia was teaching religion class, uh, walking up and down the aisles, he would secretly drop his nose on her elbow. She had no clue, you know. Like, that that was the first kind of – and everybody in class would be uh, laughing because Joe has a fairly – 
above average size nose, you know, and he would just be dropping it on anything and everything. And that was probably the first prank I ever saw. And prank to other pranksters that have that you all have been um, inspired by growing up. Have there been other pranksters, comedians that that you all really loved? I, I just did an interview before this. We're dear friends with the Zucker brothers who made Airplane, Naked Gun. And I just did an interview. I'm co-hosting a, a panel uh, on uh, with uh, David Zucker next Monday in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. And they had just had an air book about air, the making of Airplane come out. So, uh, yeah, I would say the Zucker brothers, huge influence on the guys and I, which is all visual gags. And, and I mean, there's probably more jokes in 90 minutes of Airplane than in... 20 hours of any other movie, uh, any other comedy movie put together, you know? And where will that, that panel be? Tell us about that. That's uh, in Philadelphia on Monday night at the uh, Free Library of Philadelphia. Uh, it's going to be a conversation with Dave Zucker and myself, all about Airplane, Nicky Gunn, their careers. God, you know. that's amazing. It's, yeah. it's sort of a time in our country, and I think in our world, because I was thinking about, you know, I, I enjoy doing some pranks growing up, too. I, I got inspired a little bit by the Jerky Boys in the 90s. Sure. Did some, you know, did a series of, uh, well, I, I'm admitting to it now publicly, but with a friend did a series of some prank calls and, you know, just just being inspired by something funny, situational. There's something about situational comedy that I think our world needs right now. I mean, uh, it feels like in some ways, the last few years, things have become, and, and understandably so, uh, a little more sensitive in some ways, but um how do you all approach that? I mean, I feel like there's been an evolution the last decade. Uh, how do you approach that? Uh, you know, our goal has always been to just make each other laugh. And I think the good litmus test for us is that if if I was making Joe laugh and Sal laugh and Q laugh, and they're the funniest guys I know, then, I, then that means to me that the majority of Americans are going to laugh. You know, we've always I've always considered Impractical Jokers like a an island of positivity in a uh, in otherwise cynical world, it is. you know, that's uninfluenced by politics or people fighting with each other. I think it's the kind of show that reminds people of the day when they uh, back in the day when they'd come home from work and they're tired and they turn on the TV and they just want to laugh for a half hour straight and forget about the problems of the world. And I think that, that the show has always stayed true to that uh, over 13 years now. So in, in that sense, it's almost evergreen. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And I think we can all use a little bit more of that. Playing some jokes on our family. Sometimes your families are involved in this. And you're often really surprised when your families are put in the middle of this. You're like, oh, you brought my family into this. And it's it's really funny. I, I mean, they use my wife against me all the time on the show. <laughs> last season, last season they, uh, they had a doctor put a catheter in me and then made me ride a zip line while holding my own catheter and then had my wife take the catheter out of me. She's a degree in nursing. It was not my proudest of moments. <laughs> All right, let me show you again, murlive.com. That's where you need to get your tickets. Let's do a little rapid fire, just a few quick questions. Murr, I really appreciate uh, sure. you joining me. Uh, also, Nick Cage, It's he, I feel like he needs a drink still. He's just still standing there. He maybe needs a little whiskey. Uh, yeah. favorite, favorite thing to drink alcohol wise. What do you like drinking most? Oh, good question. Favorite thing to drink in the world. Uh, I mean, you know, Jameson or Bushmills, you know, uh, a, a chilled shot. That being said, I do love Fernet Branca as well. I do too. That's great stuff. Uh, most, uh, most recently you've, uh, you've gotten buzzed. We'll call it buzzed. Uh, right? Last night, my wife and I have a tradition. We'll, uh, maybe once or twice a week, we'll go out by the fire. 
turn on some music. Uh, we'll open a bottle or two of wine. We drink Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio. And, and then we'll browse YouTube to watch local town politics. Because they have to record their uh, board of ed meetings or local political meetings. And they put it up on YouTube for anyone to see. And it is so much fun when you're buzzed. <laughs> you know? Celebrity or a famous person that you'd most like to have on your show that you haven't already? Jack Black, Steve Carell, Jim Carrey. We've and we know they're all fans of the show. Uh, so we've heard from you know we met Steve Carell's wife and she loves the show. The kids watch the show. I would love to get the three of them absolutely on the show. Who would you most like to prank, but you think might be really difficult to prank? Oh, who would I like to most prank, but would be difficult would you to prank? To fool them if you had to fool them in the skies or like. I'm going to go out there and fool Who would you want most once? Uh, it would be, I think, impossible to get G uh, George Clooney because he's like the king of pranks uh, right. in his own life. So I just think he'd outsmart us. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hope? Uh, and again, I've, I talked to so many people that say, hey, you know, I was having, you know, not the greatest day. I turned on Impractical Jokers. And I've had that, too. It's like this, this, this shit made me laugh. I had I got me laugh and I had a better day. Uh, what do you hope at the end of the day? I mean, as you look forward to the next ten years, what do you what do you what do you hope to see, to be doing? And and uh, what legacy do you hope to live? Leave. Uh, you know, interesting question about legacy. I, I I we're blown away that families watch the show and have grown up watching right. the show and where the show they all agree on. Blown away to this day by it. Uh, I think that's the ultimate legacy is that the kids that started watching the show when they were ten years old are now graduated college and with their own, marry themselves with children on the way. That blows me away. And uh, that that's the legacy, is that it just keeps going, 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 and bringing families together. Nice. No, it, it really does. Uh, I guess last question, uh, as far as the rapid fire, when you're not watching, and maybe, uh, do you, first of all, do you watch your own show when you're sitting <laughs> there at night? And when you're not, anything you're binging on right now? Good question. I just rewatched uh breaking bad from beginning to end and uh, now i'm watching for the first time better call Saul. it's a great show those are both really good yeah and then we watch so many great horror movies every week last night we watched uh slaughter house <laughs> which is it, it, it's like a slaughterhouse it's about a sloth from panama that gets brought to america and takes up residence inside a, a sorority house and of course the sloth goes crazy and and it's it's like a, a, you know, just tears everyone apart. It's great fun, especially when you're drinking. <laughs> oh, it really is. And I feel like yeah. next time we do this, Murr, and again, thanks so much uh, for joining us on Bourbon Blog. You and I, we should come up with, even virtually, you and I should prank someone that's not expecting it and uh, and just do a reveal at the very end. I, I would love to. I, I mean, I know uh, I know one guy I, I would love to prank. Oh, He's right. Uh, yeah, that'd be amazing. I, I I think we may have an idea. That, uh, don't tell, <laughs> but I think we may have an idea here for next time. Uh, Murr, thanks so much for joining us on bourbonblog.com. I hope you get some uh, some really good bourbon, some good whiskey. I may I'm gonna in here in a few minutes. I'm gonna give you some tips on where to where to go see some really good bourbon distilleries when you're going to these places. I hope you get all right. Uh, Sounds good. A chance. Uh, to I just by the way, yeah. I just went to the uh, I went to the Patron Mansion this mm. weekend in uh, outside of Guadalajara. We were there, yeah. uh, I mean, three days ago, and got a private tour of the, the distillery, the agave fields. It was wild. That's amazing. Actually, I am scheduled to be going there myself at some point. We love Patron. 
I host some tequila tastings. Uh, what was your favorite Patron that you tried? Uh, Do you remember? They, 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 I, I got to tell you, you know, I haven't drank tequila in a long time. I usually stay away from it. So, but it's all tequila. But they did an amazing job at recreating all classic drinks that you would normally have with vodka or with whiskey or what have you, but using tequila so accurately that you didn't even know it was tequila. But of course it is. You're at Patron. Yeah. They they somehow figured out how to combine certain ingredients. They made a gummy bear, uh, essentially like a martini, right? Wow. A, a gummy bar, bear martini. It had uh, gummy bears in it to sweeten it up and, and a number of other ingredients that it tasted just like a martini, but it's made of tequila. It was wild. I feel I feel like after enough Patron, I might have some um, some pranks I might want to play on some people. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe some ideas uh, might come of that. Man, it's so good to see you again. Again, you too, uh, Tom. We're back on the show. It's been several years, but again, congrats on everything you've done. I'm traveling. That's why I'm drinking out of this. I'm interviewing uh, <laughs> you from a hotel room. This is the best we could find. But later, yeah. I'm hosting a uh, oyster roast and bourbon toast with some Rappahannock oysters and whiskey. So. That sounds fantastic. I'll see you there. Oh, thanks All for right. having me. It's good to see you again. Cheers, buddy.